Welcome to Hotel Happy Hour, an audio tonic for the hardest working leaders in the industry. I'm your host, Adria Levchenko, co-founder and CEO of Purple Cloud Technologies. And joining us today are a few members from the Florida Atlantic University's research team to discuss their recent survey results on employment in COVID's wake. Thanks so much for joining us. Would you take a minute to introduce yourself and your drink of choice since this is Hotel Happy Hour and it's a tradition of ours. So Jan, do you want to get started since you're the lead of the project? <laughs> Thank you, Yi. Hi, everyone. My name is Soyoung Park, and I'm an assistant professor at the Florida Atlantic University in the Hospitality and Tourism Management Program. Um, my background lies in economics and tourism, as I received my PhD at Penn State um, in Recreation Park and Tourism Management. And currently, I do research with big data, data analytics, as well as um, social issues in tourism. Uh, I am very excited to be part of this podcast, and the drink of my choice would be uh, Jet Cock, actually. <laughs> nice, thank you. So I guess I'll be the next. Um, so I'm Ye Zheng. Uh, I'm a uh, I was recently promoted to be associate professor, uh, and I also work in hospitality and tourism management program with FAU. Uh, so my research concentration lies in um, psychology and tourism, and my most interested research would be uh, transformative tourism and hospitality experience design and marketing so that uh, we can promote a better well-being outcomes for consumers as well as employees. Um, so that's that's all about me. Perfect. Thank, thank you, you Andrea. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic backgrounds. Really excited to have you both um, from a research background. It's definitely different uh, than our usual podcast, so I'm really excited for um, for this podcast. So I'd love to jump right in. Um, since there's two of you, feel free to just jump in and discuss as you please, you know, whichever questions you want to jump in on and feel free to go back and forth as well. So hoteliers have been united in agreement for many years that the cost of labor and the difficulty of finding high quality workers were the two greatest challenges facing the future of hospitality. And it's only gotten worse following the pandemic. So what can hotels do today to appeal to the skilled workers who are leaving hospitality and actually try to retain them when it matters the most? Um, I can start off with this question. Um, so of course, providing the reasonable pay is, um, is important. It's the, the basic thing that a lot of uh, news media articles have been discussing recently with the um, human resource cri uh, crisis in the hospitality industry recently. Um, we surveyed about 4,000 employees in our industry, and we have found similar uh, outcomes, such as you know, the, our employees believe that their employers have not fully fulfilled their uh, fair pay you know, compared to other organizations or fair pay for the responsibilities that the employees have in their jobs. Um, also, they believe that the employers need to provide pay increase to maintain their standard of living. But high earnings and high salary, high starting salary, were not the, the most reasons why they chose hospitality jobs. So we actually found out that there were more important things that our workers considered when they were 
uh, seeking hospitality jobs, such as providing, uh, having a pleasant work environment, um, having the responsibility and respect in their job, um, having this intellectual challenge during uh, working in their positions and gaining transferable skills. So there's much more than the pay and we want to make sure that we, of course, focus on the pay and the benefits, but also make sure that the working environment is uh, sustainable for uh, per se, because we want to make sure that they don't stop here, but they grow um, in the near future through training and um, skills. Perfect. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> would, would you like to add anything? Uh, yep, definitely. I totally agree with So Young. Uh, I echo her points, and I believe too that um, what we see in the surveys more than just um, what uh, those hoteliers currently do can achieve. Uh, what we uh, have been observing are mostly the short-term acts, like you know, incentive uh, for like getting back to the work quick, you know, like to provide incentives for uh, higher hourly pay for the temporary jobs, et cetera. Uh, what we found is that they are also lacking the interest uh, in, in the job if they don't see any training or self-development opportunities available in the future. So that's why I, I think for them, a, a better way to pursue is to transform the hospitality job into a career, into some, some uh, career path with meaningful missions. Uh, that would be more attractive than just the short-term monetary uh, incentive to get people back. Yeah. Um, so yes, definitely, I, I agree with that. Perfect. So your survey also found that many hoteliers were too quick to terminate or furlough workers and were not responsive enough to the valuable long-term associates, you know, especially the ones that might have already found value in their jobs. Uh, since the damage has already been done, you that know, they were let go. How, how do you see hoteliers learning from this experience? So this was a big focus of our study. Um, about 60% of our responses, uh, responses said that they were followed or laid off or had their hours cut uh, hastily. And only 13.5% said that they believe the industry will protect its employees from losing their jobs in the event of crisis. This is a very bad image to have as an industry, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, in, in modern times, crises are inevitable. We, uh, no individual nor an organization can avoid a crisis. We will have crisis in the future. And, but in, our industry needs to develop the image that we stand by our workers during the crisis. Um, I, I have some suggestions about this. Um, if it's okay for you, I could go ahead and just uh, share some of my thoughts. Um, first, I believe that we need, the top management need to develop a clear protocol and strategy for a possible crisis. This is like a textbook uh, answer, right? If possible, we could create a sole department if an organization is big enough or a position that handles crisis management across the organization. This could be helpful so that um, the responsibility is not just spread across departments. We know that when responsibility is shared, it is not well taken care of, right? We rely on others to take care of those responsibilities. Um, and I think one thing that we lacked during this crisis was that 
we didn't share the sacrifice. Both parties, employers and employees, should be expected to sacrifice during the crisis. And we need to show that employer's devotion is shown you know, during, uh, during a crisis. And I think that's where our workers didn't feel that devotion and they saw themselves being laid off and furloughed and hours cut. I recently read the study um, by Pelin Varder-Lie in 2016 that we could go for more of a um, proactive, not a proactive, but volunteer per se. So not random, but more of volunteer dismissals or part-time working models, rearranging wages and working hours. These could be some of the ways to deal with human resources during crisis rather than you know, a one-way communication. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, totally. Uh, I, I really like the point about like how we can make the life better for the employees. That's kind of important because uh, what uh, I mean, uh, Soyan has touched a lot and uh, has really touched the essence of the survey. So I, I will only add a little a bit of my observation of what has been going on in the industry. So what uh, from the news and reports I, ha I have been reading, I can tell how uh, a lot of the uh, hoteliers, the managers, they are more uh, hopeful, optimistic about how with uh, the, uh, the government money withdrawn, we, we will have uh, the employees back. Um, but uh, I would advocate uh, to also, you know, think thoroughly and more in the long term, like forward thinking, so that um, uh, they can use this uh, crisis as a start point for transformation. Like you can think of ways to make employees enjoy a better quality of life so that they wouldn't constantly read the hospitality work as um, not family friendly, uh, not uh, child care friendly. Uh, so that would be really helpful down the road to uh, keep the best talents in the industry, uh, no matter whether there is any crisis or not. So uh, that's what I'm, I find very uh, useful for them to learn, especially I would applaud for like some recent um, technology advances. I've seen that, you know, they provide the, the platform uh, for HR to recruit flexible workers uh, ranging from entry level to managerial or uh, executive level jobs so that uh, it's like job-based rather than um, uh, people-based. So you don't have to rely on people to show up on the work as long as they can complete the tasks. So I think there would be a lot of innovative ways to, to really resolve the, the, the issues with the, the labor shortage, not only uh, at the current time or in the, in the long term. Yeah. Thank you. Bringing up childcare and flexible hours, I think is very, very helpful because that's what I'm seeing a lot of other industries adapt to, you know, and, and that's kind of what's being talked about a lot. So I think that's a um, really great point. So, you know, you both mentioned um, kind of base pay, fair pay. And at the end of the day, um, you know, pay is obviously a very important factor to both hotel owners and, and to the employees. So, while hospitality has been in the midst of this labor crisis for some time now, industry associations always kind of promote the fact that they consistently pay above minimum wage, but this has been failing to attract applicants, as you know. So what would 
uh, push workers away from those open positions after years of fighting for available hours, which you might have already touched on with, you know, kind of the other pieces um, that you talked about. But I guess, you know, one, are hotels in need of a dose of reality when looking for future employees? Um, and two, maybe we can discuss a little bit more about what is that base pay? What is that basic fair pay? Um, what you know, you mentioned also um, comparison organizations, you know, who are those comparison organizations and what are they paying that is actually working? Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that it's not just about paying the minimum wage now, it's paying a competitive wage and making sure that they feel satisfied with the pay compared to how much they work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, providing more than what the competition offers, but not just within our industry, because we have seen through our survey that our talent has leaked into areas like IT, real estate. So we have to make sure that we consider other industries as well. We have to make sure that what are they offering? Where, why are our employees leaving the hospitality industry to go to the other industries? So we have to provide benefits and training programs that they might offer that we are not yet offering. So that, you know, as again, we come back to the sustainability, right? We have to make sure that their career path is sustainable even after these crises. Whenever employment statistics such as these appear, fears of automation, like robotics, self-serve kiosks, things like that um, start to arise. And I've seen that, you know, as a very hot and heated debate on LinkedIn from a lot of different people. Um, what is the likelihood of employment returning to pre-COVID levels with increasing automation? And you know, to add to that, is that necessarily a bad thing um, considering kind of the, the discrepancy that's arised um, between mm -hmm. working pay and, and um, challenges? Yes, so this topic has been around for, for a while now, right? Because automation through machine learning is inevitable for not just hospitality industry, but for all industry. But I think the reason that people fear the most um, in our industry about the automation is because at the center of hospitality, we have people. And I believe that automation, of course, will happen, but it's not a, the big, big, biggest threat to our industry because we cannot function without people. Travel um, is the second largest export in the US, um, I believe after transportation equipment. Uh, we accounted for more than $250 billion uh, export. And it was very similar to um, transportation equipment. But what we differed compared to transportation equipment was that we hire so many more people. We hire almost 1.2 million people based on this export. And uh, because I talk about this every time in my class, the transportation equipment, even though their travel export amount is number one for the US, they only support about 460,000. So you see this huge gap, we employ about like at least three times more. Our industry cannot survive without these people. So yes, we are going to, uh, and we are able to uh, automate a lot of things like ticketing, mm -hmm. yes. But people don't come to restaurants, museums, hotels, amusement parks, uh, cruises, just to see and talk to automated machines. Right. They, we, want to, we want people to talk to us. We want to be served. We want to be treated well and as equal human beings. And we seek human interaction by nature, right? And I believe that our industry will be the, the last gatekeeper of humanity per se in this era of automation. So 
of course, we'll see machines popping up like we have seen with the kiosk at the airports and um, at the restaurants. But still, I don't see automation taking over the industry now. Well, for, for the technology, um, I, I feel that um, what the industry currently is doing is uh, they try not to scare people away, especially in the time of a labor shortage, that, you know, the employees may be fearful that they will be replaced. Uh, so in the short term, I don't see they are going to replace a lot of people with machines. But rather, I think they will justify technologies as an enabler of people to work better, to work smoothly, seamlessly, with better efficiency and convenience. Uh, but in the long term, uh, we, we never know. Uh, but I, I'm hopeful that, you know, even if we don't need as many positions as we used to be, but still we can keep the most essential jobs like Soyeon mentioned, right? Those are people contacting, uh, servicing jobs that we need, do need personalized attention and care that we cannot possibly replace with robots. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm seeing this as a hopeful sign that in down the road, we will have those jobs more uh, skillful, more uh, challenging intellectually, and also more self-fulfilling. So that can be more attractive to the best talents, while also uh, we can cut back some of those repeated tasks like you know, boring, redundant works and give it to the machines. So I, that's what I'm, I'm seeing happening in the future. Yeah, Thank I think you. that's a great point. So one of the topics I saw, I think it was Fairfield in that was doing their breakfast um, self-serve kiosk. And the the debate on LinkedIn was all about, you know, the, bre the breakfast attendant was uh, and is one of the best people um, at our property, always says hello, is the, you know, smiling face in the morning um, that repeat travelers love. And then, you know, a lot of other people were saying that we can't find a good breakfast attendant. <laughs> so I can see, you know, I can see the discrepancy in the, the heated debate here, but I think that what you said um, so far in the whole podcast, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole system, you know, you have to treat them right to get those people to get those personalized attentions. Um, you know, into the right places. So I think that's fascinating, <laughs> very holistic. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, one, the next question I have is, you know, it's obviously difficult to imagine any with industry withstanding a labor shortage like this for a long period of time. Um, with the economy gradually gaining momentum and travel becoming viable again, how can hotels attract standout workers to handle the rush? And I know you kind of mentioned this a few times already. So I think I wanna maybe um, go from the position of, the university students. So I thought, I think I saw that in your survey was, um, you know, attracting maybe college students since that's such a large pipeline into the industry. Um, you know, how are you, um, how are you suggesting universities maybe, or, you know, the industry as a whole um, attract, you know, people as they're choosing their careers really, really early on? Yes, I think this brings us to the first and third question that we talked about. I think making sure that people are aware um, and of course our industry providing those transferable skills and providing trainings like um, like how Starbucks started, right? Starbucks would try to provide this education to their employees um, so that they are not just trained for becoming a barista, but to become a, a person as a whole. Um, so that could be one of the ways to attract the younger generation who are searching for not just a short-term, you know, 
uh, pay, but more of their personal growth and self-development. Um, and for the industry as a whole, I think we still have hope to um, gain those uh, talents that just left their industry. Because uh, I remember from our survey that more than 60% still felt like a family at the organization. They were emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a strong sense of belongingness to their organization. So if we are to able to reach back, reach out to these employees who have left the organization, I still believe that there is a high chance of bringing, bringing them back to the industry. I definitely agree with that. Yep, totally. And also that reminds me of what um, uh, I, I, I found interesting when I was teaching, uh, like when I need to tell students like why hospitality could be or not be a career choice for them, um, then it's very natural, you know, like the students who are more personable, who are really, you know, um, like to help people out they are definitely in the material for hospitality because they enjoy being people's company enjoy uh, really giving people a memorable experience mm. so that's really give them a sense of meaning to work for hospitality although you don't really see people's lives on a day-to-day basis you still light up people's lives uh, during a really memorable, joyful uh, vacation they probably take only once in a year um, and also I feel um students they sometimes don't realize but uh, in hospitality you can have a faster adva- uh, advancement speed as compared to some other uh, industries. One thing that um, you mentioned Dr. Park is um, around the universities and communication and being aware of the skills the transferable skills that they'd be um, gaining and, and the benefits and everything like that. So one thing when I joined the industry so I, I used to work for Marriott um, and I I actually joined the industry because I saw a TV show about a hotel manager. <laughs> it was a terrible show, but it was, uh, you know, it looked like her life was fun. She got to travel, uh, you know, jet setter kind of thing. And that was really appealing to me. So I'm wondering how, um, you know, how to get that communication out there, whether it's just brands visiting the university or is it something like getting more involved with uh, entertainment, YouTube, things like the social media I'm just curious to see what you've seen from the industry and into actually trying to plug in more with the youth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's actually a very fun uh, fact because actually I, I am originally from Korea and Korea also had that uh, you know TV series on hoteliers uh, when I was uh, in high school, I think. And they saw a, a huge surge of people applying to hotel management uh, departments when they're going to the university. So we cannot ignore the impact of uh, media and especially social media nowadays, right? Yeah. So I believe that um, the companies utilizing social media more effectively, uh, we see lots of companies doing one-way communication using social media, so sending out information, sending out events, um, but they need to interact with this audience. They need to communicate. It should be a two-way interaction. That's why social media is different from traditional media, right? So I think that way, promoting more positive image, uh, maybe appealing to the possibility that they can travel more or the possibility that they can experience this big event um, uh, close up. So just featuring these images, I strongly believe will help 
and um, gaining more talent uh, through the door. But of course, after to keep the talent, they will need to provide uh, the benefits uh, that we already mentioned throughout the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I think that uh, social media is very underutilized right now. And I think yes. that's a great point. The two-way communication is, is necessary because people have questions. <laughs> they want to, you know, want to be able to ask them. So um, exactly. okay, we'll, we'll jump into the next part. Um, so what about your survey interested or surprised you the most? It seemed like there were a lot of things that you expected. So what were um, some things that were surprising to you? And then how do you see, you know, that data that you guys published um, influencing travel in 2021 and beyond? Uh, there were so many interesting finds uh, and surprising finds from our study study that we already discussed as well. But um, if I want to emphasize the one thing that was most interesting to me was that there was a difference between the entry level workers and the managerial level workers. Mm-hmm. We saw lots of managerial level workers understanding the situation. They were understanding the organization, um, and they were willing to come back as soon as the industry would open back again. But we see lots of entry-level workers who will say, you know what, I'll, I'm leaving the industry. I'm not coming back to this organization. I'm going to look for another job. So that's where we're lacking, right? We are lacking these entry-level workers. So that was the one um, interesting that uh, thing that I found from our survey. And... Another was actually the one we just mentioned that people still feel like a part of family. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one thing that our um, industry and the employers need to keep in mind that there is still hope and, you know, they still feel like a part of the family. We always get mad at our parents. Right? Yep. We always, we always get mad at our brothers and sisters, but we still come back after a heartfelt, uh, you know, sincere apology. We'll, we'll come back. So I think that's uh, what the industry needs to keep in mind. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I think that's a great point. <laughs> I, you know, even after all these years of, leave, you know, I'm obviously on the tech side now, but I still keep in touch with a lot of the people I worked with back in 2008, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, they do feel like family to me. So I, that this industry really does have that as a huge benefit and, and being able to pull on that, I think is, um, is something they have to be able to do. Um, to yes. get back. So that's a really great point. Um, and, you know, what, I, it seems like that might be what excites you the most about the future <laughs> of travel and hospitality, but is there anything, you know, else that you feel like is, um, you know, really exciting in the future? Yeah. Um, the fact that each, after each crisis, that our industry comes back really strong. Because yeah. even within the last two decades, we have so many uh, crises. And, but, at the same time, so many innovations um, throughout the crisis. So we had like economic downturns, we experienced terror attacks, we uh, are going through a global pandemic and there were pandemics in, uh, in the last two decades as well. So, but each time we see people coming back stronger. I think that is what excites me the most about the future of travel and hospitality industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, being limitless. Uh, because I think this is because we come from various backgrounds, we see the synergy of people. Um, what will these amazing people going to come up with to overcome? So how will the new generation of hospitality workers, um, you know, trained with different skills and coming from different backgrounds, come together and create a solution that's 
or a product that no one has ever seen, like Airbnb. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what excites me the most, not being able to predict what will come in the future for our industry. Yeah, that's exciting. I hope that the industry can treat this crisis as an opportunity uh, for a positive change. Uh, what I'm very excited to see possibly in the future is how you know the industry get to balance the, the role of technology versus people so that it can be a more harmonious situation when the efficiency and satisfaction can be uh, both achieved. And also I'm uh, keen to see we us creating more quality found jobs for people you know with better work-life uh, balance as well as more self-development opportunities so that we can keep the best talents in the industry uh, so that's what i'm really keen to look looking forward to perfect well thank, thank you, you so much for joining us this i think this was a fantastic session um i think there's a lot of great ideas out there for um hospitality to take a look at <laughs> And hopefully they do pay attention because I think that um, this is all really, really critical to the uh, success of our industry as a whole. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, And thank you so much uh, for our listeners for joining us at Hotel Happy Hour. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more, please check out our website at purplecloudtech.com or follow us on LinkedIn for up-to-date information on our future guests. And check back in with us in a few weeks for our next episode. And thank you so much again for listening.